Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I am that dude, Bodkins. Patty da Patty. That's ridiculous. No way. There's nobody else out there. He's your guy. Give a big round of applause for the one and only Bodkin Show. I'm going to repeat that again, folks. I didn't stutter. Welcome to the Bodkins Show. Good morning, everybody. That's right. Welcome to a special morning edition. Uh, top of the morning to you. Wake up, pour a little brandy in your coffee, uh, and join us this morning. Do we have a special one for you this morning already? Uh, we've been trying to get this guy lined up for a while now. Some things happen, but he's back. We're doing a little special morning edition to kind of fit both of our schedules. I don't want to keep our guests waiting any longer. Um, welcome to the show for the very first time, host of Banging on the Drum, the one and only Mike Doherty. Man, Mike, how's it going? what's up, my man? How you doing this morning? Doing awesome. How you doing? Um, terrific, man. It's uh, bright and early. I'm drinking some coffee, but I would be up normally anyway. So, uh, you know, here we are ready to rock and roll. Uh, Mike, let's start. Uh, I know you're a Packers fan. You got the Bucks podcast as well. You always been a Milwaukee type guy. Yeah. So I grew up in Western Wisconsin um, and you just kind of stay home with your, with your teams. Right. So I suppose as a, like a kid, um, the Packers have always been it, right? Because by the time I'm six, Brett Favre's running the show. We're Same. winning games. I can deal with all that stuff. Um, as a kid, maybe like the Bucks might not have been so prevalent because they were terrible until I was probably like a freshman in high school. But uh, always rooting for the Wisconsin sports, right? So I'm a Brewers guy, um, Wisconsin Badgers all the time. That's that's where our podcast is really rooted into is that we r run Wisconsin sports. That's what we want to want to see and want to follow. So. Gotcha. What got you into uh, your podcast and how did that come about? Uh, so probably because so probably 10 years ago, me and a buddy were working. We work at this place that you had nothing to do. Right. So we're lifeguards. And so like a good third of the time, you're just like chilling yakking with each other so him and i are just talking sports basically all day every day at work and he calls me up out of the blue about 18 months ago and he's like you want to do a podcast and i was like yep let's do it which he didn't expect that answer he's like i'm gonna get some pushback i'm gonna have to like ask a bunch of people <laughs> this guy calls i'm like yeah i'm i'm in and so i it had been something that it kind of always been on my mind right i mean so i was a uh i probably started with podcasts on with like rogan right so rogan was the guy that i would listen to the most and so it's always interesting because he's always pushing like if you want to try it just try it what's what's the harm like you might catch you might not catch but like you sit and you talk to interesting people so that's kind of awesome right and so it was always in the back of my mind and then he he ended up calling me up out of the blue so it was in his mind too and so that's how we get, kind of got started. We knew it'd be Wisconsin sports base. He's in the same boat as me um, from about 20 minutes from where I'm from. And then 
follows all the same teams and like loves the same things about sports for the most part, which can get sketchy on occasion because like then you're just agreeing on shit and that's not really always great for the podcast realm, but we have a lot of fun on it. So, Hey, that's all that matters. Uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, as long as you're having fun, like, who cares about anything else? Like, you know, we're not, yeah. you know, like, as long as somebody can join, tune into your show and be like, hey, these guys, two guys are having fun. They're they're hanging out, having a good time. Then as long as that listener, whether it's one, two, or, you know, hopefully you, you get more, uh, as long as they sit down and be like, man, that was fun and entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like, that's the only thing that matters to me. Like, is, is my guest having fun? Uh, am I having fun? Uh, are we shooting the shit? Like, after that, then everything else is like, it, it's all secondary. Because to me, that's the most important thing. It's like, are we having a good time? If you're not having a good time, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. And, like, we've had some, we've, like, d- in the past done pretty well with getting a couple guests. Our first guest was actually Chris Jackie. We reached out to him like out of the blue and he's like, sure. Came on. Nice. Um, that was like four episodes in, gave us like a really like false sense of like, oh, this is cake. Like, there's no problem. You can get whoever you want. Um, had Chris Jackie, and then we had Damian Miller on as well, who's from uh western Wisconsin, and so like had a couple connections where he agreed to come on. Man, his story for like his career is nuts. Like the listen for that one is like it's probably my favorite episode we've ever done and it pat and i might have been like a little bit clunky through it but like his stories are fantastic and so like you're a cubs sounds like you're a cubs guy when we were chatting right yeah um so like he played for the cubs like when they had wood and zambrano and uh prior yeah that the third one like just caught for some amazing pitchers uh, caught for Schilling and uh, Johnson. Johnson, yeah, Arizona, right. Uh, caught for the Athletics for a year or two when they had their three studs. So that's like we've had a couple of really good successes and just having a blast doing it too. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I some of those like you, you know, it's different uh, to me. Like some of my, I enjoy interviewing like former pros. Uh, I've had a few like that myself and like you learn all their backstories and interesting. And then some of the best shows are just you and the co-host just, you know, shooting shit, having fun. And you're like, man, that was one of the most enjoyable shows we've done. Like I would rather almost do that, you know, so it's just kind of, uh, goes back and forth to just having a good time and, and, and doing what you, you love. Uh, speaking of what you love, let's talk a little bit of those Milwaukee bucks, uh, season didn't end the way uh, they wanted to. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit. What was your thoughts on that? Uh, first, the first round loss to the Heat, and then we'll talk about the the firings and the hirings. Yeah, so the first lo- first round loss to the Heat is pretty tough for me, right? So that one hurts because, like, I see that they're a good team. They've beaten the next the next teams they got to put away. Like, I can see that. I guess it doesn't hurt as much now that they made it to the finals, but the Bucks walked into that and were not ready for like a fight. They were ready to kind of walk over them and be done. It was like kind of a no big deal thing. It was they're the eight seed. They can't be that good. They barely made it in the playoff game. They lost the first one. Um, they came out. And they 
I mean, it feels like the Heat have been Bucks killers forever. Yeah, and they lost to him what two years in the bubble, I guess. You know, in the bubble uh, they lost to him, and yeah, and then, and so, I don't know. Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player. He's a and dog. So, I mean, yeah. the dog of all dogs. That's what I say. Like, right, I mean, so he's very like Michael Jordan esque, right? Right. When it comes to like putting it, like putting his nuts on the table, he does it. Yeah, he does it as good as anybody else, right? So. Is he maybe that talented as Jordan? Maybe not. No. But when he puts when he when it says, "Hey, we got to go," he goes. Like his competitive gene, super high. Yeah, that's I, I agree. So I think Jimmy Butler gets more out of his athletic ability than anybody there is in the NBA because uh, oh, he's yeah, not that's an interesting. He interesting. he's not athletically great. He's just a dog, like a workhorse. You know, like. Yeah. You know, like he, you look at him, he doesn't jump out of the gym. Uh, he doesn't, you know, shoot the ball all that great. He's not a great three. He doesn't even really shoot that many three-point shooters. He's not a great three-point shooter. He just does everything that you need him to do. And he max, especially in the playoffs, he maxes it all out. Like he goes into every game. You know he's going to give you everything uh, that he has. And they didn't, you know, like you said, they were the Bucks weren't ready for a fight, and they should have known better, right? Like we should yeah, know. Yeah. Really, as fans, we should have known better. Like I, I was kind of like you on our show. I picked the Bucks in five. I said, "Nah, the Bucks." I kind of dismissed the Heat very easily in that first round. I said, "Bucks in five. I said, it "Doesn't matter who wins the the Bulls Heat game." I said, "Bucks will probably smash them in five. I figured Jimmy would give them one, and he gave them more than that. And I, I. Had the Heat beaten the the Knicks in the second round, I wasn't high on the Knicks. I felt like the Heat could yeah. beat them, and then the Celtics. I, I had the Celtics just because talent wise, but man, this Heat team, I'm rooting for them. Uh, but I don't think the Nuggets. Uh, I, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute too. But I think the Nuggets are just going to be able to beat them in six. But uh, back to the Bucks. So what happened in that? You know, th- there was this uh, belief that you know Giannis wanted to to guard Jimmy on that last inbounds play. Uh, Bud didn't put Giannis on Jimmy. Jimmy makes that bucket, and it's is Bud fired because of that, or what's the re- other reason like Bud got fired? So I think Bud gets fired because of the expectation that the Bucks should win it, kind of every year at this point, right? So. They're running into the fact that Giannis is, if he's not the best player in the world, he's in the top five players in the world, right? So yeah, uh, and yeah, he's good. He's really good defensively. The team is supposed to be good defensively. Bud got fired, I think, for lack of adjustments, right? So maybe that highlights that last play highlights the lack of adjustments, but he gets fired because of lack of adjustments. They the uh, Heat come out and just shoot lights out. They're shooting like better than they did the whole year. Yeah. They're shooting like 70% all playoffs, I believe. Yeah. And so like obviously turned it on, obviously figured it out. They lose one of their starters in or their six man. I can't not sure where, what he is. Tyler Harrell. Yeah. It's like, I mean, pretty much their second best, you know what I mean? Maybe he's a second best scorer anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so they lose him in the, in game one. And it's like, well, okay. Like we should be able to adjust to this. And make sure that we win win games here on out. And then late in games, they just shit the bed. And so when that kind of stuff happens, you know, people hate 
either love or hate Budenholzer, and he just won a championship in 21. And so I, I'm a little like hesitant to be like, get rid of him. I'd rather be the Steelers than the Browns, right? Where you're shuffling through coaches and stuff like that. But the NBA is so player driven that I would assume the players had lost faith in what Budenholzer was trying to do. And so that's why you get fired you, because you're not motivating everyone outside of Giannis to play at a high level. I think Giannis is internally motivated. Like that guy has a work ethic. Like I'm, I mean, it's rare to see, right? So we see guys like that, but Giannis is, is right there with everybody else's that like a super high level and the rest of the team just didn't step up when they need to. Yeah. I mean, I would say this, like to me, him and Jokic, probably the two best players in the NBA uh, right now. And I would say that those two guys, like from when they got drafted to what they became, like you could tell they have to have a work ethic and those two guys, because yeah. like you look at Giannis when he first came in, he's this little twig, you know, uh, and he's like six, seven, six, eight. Like, yeah. And he puts on three, four inches. Yeah. And then, and, and fills into his body, you know, and you look at Jokic, you know, he was a late round pick and what he's become now. So uh, we're talking, you know, four MVPs and, you know, possibly two NBA finals uh, in between them. And maybe they'll one day, that'd be a great uh, NBA finals, Bucks, Nuggets, Jokic versus Giannis uh, yeah. in the finals would be a great uh, series. If the Bucks could get there and the Nuggets could get there, I think that would be something like we would want to see like LeBron and Co- Kobe. And we just never got that in the finals. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll see Giannis and Jokic uh, someday in the finals. Both of them got a long career ahead of them. We're just kind of getting into their prime. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting. What do you make of the hire, the new hire for the Bucks? Um, they, they no Nick Nurse. I was surprised. I thought Nick Nurse would be a great fit there. Uh, instead, they get the uh, uh, Toronto assistant, and then yesterday they brought in uh, Stotts uh, to be the uh, assistant head coach. Yeah. So uh, I just saw the Stotts news this morning. Um, it's Adrian Griffin, I think, is who they ended up hiring, and something that kind of bothers me about the NBA and maybe basketball in general is that they recycle all these coaches. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's probably a purpose and there's probably like a, Hey, we know this guy knows how to win. They know how to do things. Right. But I can't imagine that these assistants don't also know that. So I'd rather see an assistant come through and like get an opportunity so I'm kind of happy with that. I am surprised that you dismiss the head coach of the Toronto Raptors and take an assistant coach of the Toronto Raptors. But it does sound like um, both Giannis and Middleton kind of signed off on uh, Griffin being the coach. I don't know like what that relationship is, why they decided to do that. But the news I've been hearing is that they both signed off on it, thought it was good. The Bucks wanted them involved, and so – um, Adrian Griffin. So I'm I'm excited to see what comes of it. Uh, I try to stay pretty level level headed on that kind of stuff. Don't get too upset that I don't get the guy that I want because a lot of times I don't like. Maybe Nurse went in there thinking he had the job in hand, didn't interview well, kind of you know just took it easy, got through it, and the other guy came in and killed it. And I'd rather have the guy that makes sure he prepares for every opportunity rather than just ones that he thinks he can't get. 
So the the rec room guy said uh, they're saying st uh, stats might end up with the gig. You know, the, if things kind of go sour. At least you got that guy who's uh, been on the sideline behind yeah. him. And you know, if things go sideways, stats could uh, be that coach. Yeah. So I think that that could be like a a, a fair opportunity, right? That. I feel like teams have set up like that in the past. A lot of times though, I see when a former head coach or a guy who like, is like has potential to be the head coach. If they get rid of the actual head coach, they'll say, I don't want nothing to do with it. I know the Brewers did that a few years ago and I can't remember who the guy was, but the head coach or the manager was Yost. And there was a guy on their bench that everybody was kind of clamoring for. Didn't really like Yost. Um, and he said, there's no way I'm taking the, the managerial job if you fire Yost. I'm here because I'm friends with this guy, right? I'm not here because – or I'm here because I'm really good at baseball, right? I understand baseball. But, like, this is my guy. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not dealing with that. So I wonder if that could be the same type of situation as well, right? So maybe you don't actually have that opportunity, even though that's kind of how you're setting it up. Yeah, they also want to know. Uh, did you heard any uh, like off, pretty much off the court issues with Bud? They uh, they said uh, Bud had numerous DUIs in Atlanta. Do you hear anything like that uh, there in Milwaukee about Bud? You know, off the court problems. So I didn't hear anything about that stuff. Um, I haven't like dug into it. Usually that stuff comes up and like he's a problem. Like socially, he's a problem, so we got to get rid of him. I feel like those things are pretty like out in the open and I'd, I'd hadn't heard any of that stuff and I could just be missing it. That's a real possibility, but I don't know. And then we drink everywhere in the state of Wisconsin. Like we are like, <laughs> DUIs like we, is just a normal thing. <laughs> uh, so t sadly enough, um, there's a lot of people who, who feel that way. If you don't have one, like what have you been doing with your life? Like, are you having enough fun? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty sad, but, um, and then, uh, Tanner wants to know, is Middleton, that's kind of my next uh, question, what do the Bucks need to do to get over the hump? Will Middleton get moved? I don't think so. So I think Middleton's there for the long haul. I think they, the Bucks believe that those two guys are their championship core, Middleton and Giannis. And I don't know if that's going to be accurate, but the reports were that Middleton and Giannis sat down and gave the okay on Griffin. So not just Giannis, right? So I could see it just being Giannis, right? So if you have a like a LeBron team, it's just just LeBron. Like if you're asking for about a coach, LeBron's the only guy you're asking. Um, in this in this case, they they sat down with both the guys they think are kind of the core pieces pieces of their franchise. I do think you could move Middleton if you could figure something out, right? I don't think the team's bad. Um, I think the team needs to figure out like a different motivation strategy, right? So Bud played his game all the time. And if you're not hitting threes, you lose games, right? And I think Charles Barkley said the other day, like, of course, if you're not hitting threes, you lose games, right? Like if that's all you shoot and you don't hit them. Hence the, hence the Celtics in game seven. I mean, what they, yeah. I mean, they were, at some point in time, like I feel like the coaches just gotta like, hey, it's not falling tonight. We gotta figure out a new plan. Yep. Attack the basket 
And then if, you know, if you kick it out and somebody's wide open, then shoot it, but no more contested threes. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big, like, the game has changed and I get that, but I'm still very much like, get your ass to the basket. You know what I mean? Get Go to the basket and drive. You're going to create so much more than just standing out there, four dudes out, you know, chucking up 80,000 threes. Uh, attack yeah. the basket, especially with somebody like Giannis. Well, I mean, so like Shaq probably shot like 90% from the field, right? Like, yeah, because he was on the block, he turned around and he bodied somebody until he could dunk it. And why not do that? Right. Yeah. And so I, I don't understand basketball well enough to be like, oh yeah, the three is where it's at. I get that there's guys like Steph Curry who just make it impossible to guard him because he stands 40 feet out is like, well, you're not going to cover me 40 feet out. I'll drain it on you. Right. And so if you have that guy, yeah, shoot as many threes as you want and do it all the time. But I don't think most people are Steph Curry when it comes to shooting. No, and their numbers will prove it to you, but it, 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 and you're right, not everybody's Steph. And like, even Steph will go to the damn basket if it's not falling. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, he'll go to the basket and, and make a layup to just get himself to see the ball go in the hole. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, you can't just stand there and just keep chucking it up. If it ain't, if it's not going, boys, it's not going. Like, we got to call timeout and we got to adjust. Uh, and I think that's why maybe the Bucks are out, and that's why the Celtics are out, because uh, they didn't do the the adjustment and were out coached by the Heat and Eric Spolstra. Uh, and what do the Heat? Alan kind of wants to know. Do they need another point guard or another shooter. Uh, I don't really. Th- I like Drew Holiday. I think he's a good uh, a good player fits that role. Uh, but what do the Bucks can do? What can the Bucks do in the free agency world? I know they're probably cap tight. Uh, to maybe add another piece or two. Yeah, so they're like, I want to say draft picks are like non-existent for the Bucks. Right? Yeah, they so gave them all up to get Drew Holiday. Yeah, and uh, Holiday is fit Budenholzer's scheme kind of perfectly. Really good defensively. Kind of is he the greatest offensive point guard in the in the game? No, but probably won him a championship with a steal right against the Suns. I mean, that was game six. It wasn't game seven, but like that steal sealed that game. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to move on from holiday. Cause there's games when he's just like gets on fire, but he's getting, he's aging up a little bit. And if you can move him and bring something in that is going to spark something, I'm cool with that. Right. So make the moves you feel like you need to move. Um, I'm not, intelligent enough inside the basketball world to be like this is the guy this is the guy we need because i've watched guys go to teams that have a couple other primary targets and then they seem to fade into the background um i guess like the heat uh lebron james era is the primary example chris bosh was like a borderline mvp every year in toronto and he goes to the heat and he's just another dude on the team um, not that he wasn't part of their big three because he definitely was, but he was definitely the third in that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the third fiddle. You're gonna play the third fiddle to uh Prime yeah. LeBron and, and D Wade. So he played his role perfectly. Uh I want to switch gears and talk about our Packers. All right. Uh, what's uh what's your thoughts going into this season? Uh first, actually, let's go to the offseason. First, your thoughts on 
on the Aaron Rodgers deal are do you sub to the glad he's gone, it's over, or do you sub to like myself, are you idiots? We still have a Hall of Fame quarterback. He still gives us the best freaking chance to win on Sunday, uh, 2023. I don't really care about Jordan Love. I want to win now, and Aaron gives us the best benefit uh, better. That's the that's what I subscribe to. Okay, but I know there's Packers out there that are glad he's gone, and uh, they blame Aaron. I blame more the organization. So, I I'm kind of in the middle of that, which. You're like, well, how can you be in the fucking middle? Right? <laughs> but I am. Uh, so, pick a side, Mike. Pick a side. No. So this is what I know for sure, that in 2023, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Jordan Love. I know that guaranteed. Exactly. Gives us a better opportunity to win in 2023. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has been happy in Green Bay for three years. I think that he wanted out in 2020, he wanted out in 2021, and he wanted out in 2022. He did not know how to get out in any of those seasons amicably. Right? So, like I, I don't my rebuttal to that is he signed that that extension. I think he did want out at one time, and it's been reported like he they even told him either Goot or Aaron uh gotta go. Like that's what his allegedly his agent told the 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 Packers brass. Then they signed that extension, and it seemed like him and Goop were at least amicable at that point in time. Yeah, so, right. So I think that he's been at least unhappy in Green Bay for the last four years, right? So he signs that extension. I think it's challenging not to sign that, like, to take the money, right? So, like, we all think, like, well, he's got so much money. Like, why would it matter? Well, it matters because – Everybody wants more money, right? right. Like, I, like, there's you're a rare human to like see an opportunity to be like, oh, you know, I I'm gonna play football. I might as well get paid really well to do it, right? And say I'm not gonna take the extra money. I think that's a rare human like that does that. But it's like I'm gonna take a take a lower deal here because I want to win that bad. I think I would take. I would jump for more money. I would like my loyalty to my job. <laughs> I'm out, right? Like, yeah, somebody else is offering me more money. Um, it's the same, and it's the same place offering you more money, and you've had a lot of good memories there. So he's probably very conflicted on the move. Um, I don't hate the Jordan Love thing. I don't think that the Packers are going to be like as bad as they're not going to be the Bears next year. Like their team is good enough that they, even if he is only mediocre, right? Like we're not going to be the Bears. I'd be stunned if we have less than like six seven wins i I think i think six is the uh floor i think you can get six wins uh the nfc you know six six to eight wins i mean remember i tell people this aaron Rodgers went six and ten his first year as uh as a starter so uh, i don't expect jordan i expect jordan love to float around that and i really just want to see Hey, can he keep us in games? Are we going to be close? Like if we lose a bunch of, you know, one score games, I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he needs that experience. And then like, I just want to see, can he carry a team, keep us in games? Or is he just going to be this absolute, you know, pretty much dog shit quarterback? I don't know. Uh, when right. people ask me, yeah. I said, you know, I get that question on any podcast. What's your thoughts on Jordan Love? I don't know. I don't have an opinion because I haven't seen him. I will say that, 
Um, I will say that what scares me the most is people are saying, hey, we need to temper expectations. When Aaron was coming in, uh, it was quite the opposite. It was, we don't need Brett Favre. We got a guy. Guys in that locker room all knew that Aaron was a dude from day one. Uh, you you listen to yeah. even like A.J. Hawk, um, he said, we knew Aaron was a guy in practice. Like he was, we we're like, yeah. oh, shit, there ain't, there's not much of a, um, you know, from Brett to Aaron, like at that point in time, you know, there wasn't much of a gap. You don't hear guys boosting. I mean, Romeo Dobbs was the first guy that's come out and said, hey, I think Jordan Love can be a dude. I think we can be just as successful uh, with Jordan as we were with Aaron. Now, a receiver is going to say that because he wants the damn balls, but you don't hear a lot, of, even the coaches or anybody really talking Jordan up, which it scares me a little bit. Yeah, and I I feel like today's media is a little different than then, right? So 2008, like, man, I don't think Twitter existed in 2008. I'm no, sure, no, no. Right? And so, like, the, all the cold takes and the, um, oh, you said this. Like, where's that at, right? Yeah. Like, type of stuff didn't exist as much, right? It was harder to find stuff, to pull it up and be like, hey, you did this crap. Um, so, yeah. I do think it's concerning enough that he, they're not like he's he's the greatest, you know, thing since sliced bread. I I would like to hear that stuff, but maybe I mean so like maybe like his mental attitude towards the game doesn't condone that, right? So like being pumped up in the media would give him a false sense of security, and then we couldn't function with that, right? Like he'd be like, "Oh, I'm good. I don't have to practice no more." Like I don't know what his mental attitudes. I know when I get too many compliments, I start getting a little lazy on things, and then I don't work as hard. So maybe they have to rip him apart all the time so that he just keeps driving, right? So the psychology of it is will be interesting. Um, as as far as like the deal with Aaron Rodgers, I think in 2023 we would have a better team with Aaron, Aaron with Aaron Rodgers. In 2026, if we keep Aaron Rodgers for 2023, do we have a better team in 2026? I don't. I don't care. I worry about 26, Mike. When we get there, I'm worried. I want to win now. Like that's you should play to win now because we don't know what this roster could look like in 2026. In 2026, what if Jordan Love goes out there and blows out his knee and tears his ACL and uh, shreds his knee first play of the game? Well, guess what? We're still sitting shitless in 2026 and now. So, yeah. that's, you know, that's uh, that's yeah, what so I, that, I That's a worry at. for both of them, though, right? So, like, Rodgers could come out, get hit, have a concussion, and never play again, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, he gets hit so hard that he just never plays again, right? Real possibility, especially at his, at his age. Um, so the injury aspect, like, that could put us in both camps kind of anyway, maybe. Right, so if he if that happens with Rodgers and Love on the team, then Love just plays and we move on right then, right? Um, but so like everybody says, I want to win right now. I want to win right now. I want to win right now. But I, I have to be honest about this. I've been very very happy with the fact that we've won for thirty straight years almost. Right. So Brett Favre has one losing season, and I don't even remember his exact like total career. Seventeen years, maybe. One losing season. That's fucking awesome. I love that as a Pack fan. I like I want to win games every week, not yeah, just the Super Bowl. I it, 
pisses me off when we don't win the Super Bowl. But I want to win games every week. I don't want to be – I never want to be what the Bears were last year, like a 3-14 and oh geez, now it's 14, three and 14 team. I don't – I'm not interested in that. I don't want to – only for that the, season. Here's what I would say to that to, to that is that the only way I'd want to be the Bears is if we got the number one pick. And that's – so like – the worst plot to be is in the middle of the 500. You know what I mean? Now this year, if we're middle of the 500, I'll take it. Cause we're kind of rebuilding. Uh, yeah. So I'll take middle 500, but if two years in a row, you're middle 500. Then at that point in time, that's who you are. You're not re you're not rebuilding and you're not dog shit. So you might as well just tear it down and be dog shit and then build back up from the start uh, because you're not going to be able to build on uh, and, and so I'd rather be dog shit for one year and then just get, you know, start the rebuild. I don't, the Packers haven't had to rebuild in almost, you know, 30 plus years. We've retooled a lot. Uh, and we've kind of built a roster. Unfortunately, they, they never got over the hump. I blame a lot of it on the front office. Uh, because, you know, I say this, you know, you're a lifelong Packer fan. I'm a lifelong yep. Packer fan. Name me one offensive hall of famer, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers ever played with. Yeah, and it, zero, right? Like none. I don't. I don't know if there's one. There's not. There's not a single offensive Hall of Famer that Aaron Rodgers played with, or Brett Favre played with uh, in and, on the pack. Maybe so. Like maybe Devontae at some point. Maybe, maybe Devontae at some point, maybe. and then they, he left. You know. Right. Maybe due to, I don't know. It feels personal for him why he left. Right. Like that's what he says. Not that it was like an issue with the front office, but if you're really good friends with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is shitting on the front office every day, maybe you don't like the front office either. Well, I, I, I agree. I Well, I mean, they offered him more money than what he wanted to go to the Raiders. He wanted to play with Derek Carr, and now he's not playing with either either of them, and now he's going to be playing with Jimmy G. No, and maybe, maybe Jimmy, right? Like, so the maybe. news – the news yeah. out of the Raiders game. Who knows who he's going to be playing with? Yeah. And I think he's going to regret – I think in some sense he's going to somewhat regret that move uh, because now at least the Packers organization was somewhat stable. Uh, the Raiders organization is is the last thing that stay, you know, uh, is stable. They're going to have to – I don't think Jimmy's the answer. It may not be Jimmy G. It may, who knows? I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, and then you – but he did say, hey, I wanted to get an all-pro – I wouldn't be all pro without Aaron to just show that, you know, I'm that guy. Uh, so yeah. he kind of had that little chip on his shoulder. And maybe, maybe uh, you know, that does when people say, hey, you're only good because you got one of the best quarterbacks thrown it to you. So he's like, okay, I can go do this without him too. Uh, and I think that he it does put a little chip on your shoulder. Uh, and I think that's kind of also what motivated him more. I think he also maybe read the tea leaves of, you know, yeah. the Aaron Rodgers situation. And let's be honest, like I, I say this when people are mad at Aaron, I said it's not Aaron. Aaron never when they drafted Jordan Love, there was no retirement talk. There was no uh Yeah, it wasn't Brett Favre, right? No, it was hey, they had just come off the NFC championship game, folks. They, you know, like let's go get another piece and let's go, let's go uh add. What happens? The man is I tell people this imagine you go to work for 15 years. 15 years, you're a loyal company man. Day in, day out, you give it everything you've got through all the highs and lows. And then they just come in one day without telling you, hey, here's your replacement, train him. How are you going to take that? 
without ever communicating yeah. and telling you, you're going to be like, the fuck, right? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. you're going to look at that. You're going to look at you. I gave you everything I've had for 15 years. You got a guy coming to replace me. I still got three more years before I'm thinking about retiring, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I agree with that, that I think jumping to uh, 22, I think, is where they took Jordan Love at, um, was a huge mistake, right? Especially to jump up to get him. Yeah. Right. If it's not like fall- Aaron. Aaron fell to them when the Packers drafted him. Yeah. Yep. Um, where if he was taken at 10, I don't think the Packers would have cared. And it would have been like, all right, we're just we'll wait until we find a guy. But he, he went he fell to 24 and you're like, kind of like, yeah, we got to pull the trigger on this. Right. Like he's going to be great. We can see that. And nobody else wants him. I don't get it. And so moving up, I think, is a problem. When I remember back on that draft, so I don't like go look at things and like when that actual, like when they moved up into 22, but I feel like they were moving up. They were trying to get Justin Jefferson. That's what I thought. Like, is that that was the move? Like, they moved into 22 thinking they could get Jefferson there. And then they couldn't, right? Yeah. And so, or then he was gone by the time it comes around. And then they were kind of in some aspect scrambling. They like Jordan Love, right? They'd rather probably take him at 30 or 42 or wherever, like wherever he would fall to. They got stuck, couldn't find a good trade partner. People knew they needed to get out after Jefferson was gone and just kind of said, well, here's a kind of a low ball offer, and they didn't take it, and they ended up with Jordan Love. Now, is that the best way to go? Not sure. You know, like we'll see in the next, you know, three or four years if, draft you know drafting jordan love was the right move and maybe it is right right and, i mean if he does what aaron did wins a super bowl in his third year i guess i'll eat crow and you yeah. know everything everything's all good you know and so like you said you have no opinions on jordan love because you haven't really seen jordan love play in the times we have seen him play it seemed like they put a restrictor plate on him didn't want him it, i guess at the end of that philly game they didn't but in the end of that philly game philly was just basically like all right. Prevent lose, defense, yeah. 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 Don't lose the game. Like, yeah. So he's to some extent throwing on air. Now, his throws look good. Like, his passes looked awesome. I felt good about it. He's there. He's, it seems like he's very, very tight with that young core that we have. Like, uh, Dylan, Watts, and Dobbs, those guys were all out in Door County someplace having a party over uh, Memorial Day. <clears throat> but, like, so it seems like they have a, like a good relationship, which is a big piece of it. So Rogers had that with Jennings and Jones and Nelson. Well, maybe and not, so great, no, not so much Greg Jennings. I think that they had a good relationship right up until uh, Rogers told him to take a pay cut. And then he's <laughs> like, well, fuck you. And I am not doing that. Um, I hate him now. And so relationships change. I mean, we see that, like you say the wrong thing to the wrong dude yeah. and, all of a sudden he's angry about something. And I think that's kind of what happened, right? Uh, told Greg Jennings to take a pay cut and then never really does himself. So I can see where Jennings might be like, you know, dude, you told me to make the team better by staying. But maybe Rodgers just saw it. Like, you're not the wide receiver you think you are in this league. I help you look like you are. Yeah. Because that, that came out pretty evidently. I mean, he had one 
decent year in Minnesota, but they didn't nothing nothing panned out for him after he left Green Bay. Right. Um Mike, we got about five more minutes. I told you we'd go about forty-five minutes. Uh, I want to get you. Give me your give me your Packers prediction uh, for this season. All right. So I am the most opt. I shouldn't say the most, but I am up there for optimistic Packer fans. Um, I think we. I think we're a, like a twelve-win season, right? Um, I, yeah. I hope you're right, Mike. I hope you're right. Yeah. I, I am seven wins, seven to eight. Like, Yeah, I, and so I can get disappointed. I've been disappointed in the past, right? But I am always Just like my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine too. So yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so, but, like, I'm always optimistic. Like, I look at games that are 50-50 games or, like, 60-40 games, like Packers on the bottom end of that. I'm like, you can win that game, so I'm going to give you a win. Where when they play the Chiefs, I'm like, okay, I have to give a loss here or whatever. Yeah. And I think there's a few that we fall into that this year that, you know, it probably is more like 75-25. Packers are don't feel like the better team there. Um, but I think everything stems from the first three weeks, right? So if you ruin the team's confidence in the first three weeks, um, you come out and you lose – really bad in week one to the right? bears nonetheless yeah yeah right or yeah. or lose it all to the bears i think that that could affect the psyche of the team like we're not good right so you come in and you lose and you might think oh actually we're not a good team and if you start thinking oh we're not a good team guys get some doubt in their mind and we got a really young team we'll be bad right then you can't find ways to win games where if you if you bestow like some confidence there, right. Oh, we're going to find a way to win this game at the end. Um, so I think like Minnesota, the last two years has been that, right. So the first year they're a team that, oh, we can't even find a way to win the game at the end of the game. We're, we're up 10 with six minutes to go and we ended up losing. How did that even happen? And then this in that's in 21 and then 22, they just found ways to beat everybody. You know, they're losing. Yeah, they had a horseshoe up their ass. The Vikings did. That's what I tell people all the time. They had a horseshoe up their ass. So, and I think that a lot of times that's like confidence, right? Like the ball bounces your way when you figure out how to make that ball bounce your way to some extent. So I think that's really where, and it can change from year to year, but I think that's this year. Like you need to figure out how to give the offense confidence that Jordan Love is going to win the game. You got to figure out how to like, let them believe in him. And then your defense, like, I feel like your turnover opportunities, like you start getting a few of those, you're going to think, man, we have the best defense on the, on the planet. Let's, let's roll, you know, and like confidence plays a huge role, but I think we can win a lot of games. I don't think we have a really tough schedule. I looked at it like a few times. I think high end would be like 12. And I think, even low end, I think is like seven or eight wins. I hope you're right, Mike. I hope I hope you're right. And my last question is: Do you have outside of the quarterbacks? Do you have like a favorite player uh, or a play that that you um, that you uh, of the Packers that you enjoy? Are so, past or present, whole life. So yeah, so I am a Leroy Butler fan through yeah, yeah. Nick Collins too. So those two guys, Leroy Butler, like. Man, I've cheered for Florida State for a long time because Leroy Butler was a Packer, right? And I shouldn't say like a long time, but like they're like my 
my second team because of Leroy Butler. Right? Nick, Collins, Nick Collins doesn't uh, break his dang neck. The Packers might have another Super Bowl run in them. Uh, people forget that. So I think if you had um, Charles Woodson and Nick Collins on the same field for the next, I don't know what, three years, Woodson played for him three years after Collins broke his neck or so. It's it's close, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. He played football for three years after that, at least. If you have those two guys on the same football field, that is like a Ray Lewis, um, Ed Reed combination. That is like a crazy, like super football knowledge and instincts. Those guys, man, when I think about Nick Collins breaking his neck, that could have changed the way we look at the Packers over the last 10 years. Yeah, him and uh, Jermichael Finley, I think, both of them, really. It's sad that the, both their careers got cut short due to injuries. Jermichael Finley, uh, very athletic, tied in and broke his neck and was just never the same either. So both those guys, uh, you look at it, especially in that Aaron Rodgers era, the beginning there, uh, felt like we could have had one one more, you know. And we should have had a couple more – I mean, so you got you got all the all the games that it's like, what the hell happened, right? Like, so the Boston game, like, how how did we even not, like, how do you blow it? Like, I have no idea. Uh, my, like, Fat Mike McCarthy is what I blame. I blame Fat yeah. Mike on that one. You know, yeah, like so he he would get up big and then he'd kind of sit, right? And yeah, like just kind of like never ran the damn ball enough. Yeah, and then you had a guy like Eddie Lacy. I don't know if that was that same year, probably. Yeah, same wasn't. year. Yeah, Fat Eddie Lacy and Fat Mike together eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> But like you had Eddie Lacy that in his first couple of years was dominant and like, yeah. you should have just used them like crazy. Um, yeah. For me, uh, Leroy Butler is, was the first like of what we see as a safety today. Right. So he's the first guy. And I don't remember the exact numbers on sacks and um, interceptions, but like the first guy ever to do like, and it's like 20 picks and 20 sacks. Like, the first guy that ever did it like nobody else in the history of the NFL had ever done it. Uh, Troy Palomalo was in that mold. Ed Reed's in that mold guys like that, that like a, half the time are coming off the edge and stuff like that. He's the first guy. He sets the mold for what. And so all these guys getting into the hall of fame before he did. And then he gets it a few years ago. Like that's huge. Yeah. Right? So, original uh, Lambo leap too. Yeah, and that's an, like that play is like fantastic. I'm sure you like have seen clips of it, but like Reggie picks the fumble up, yeah, and, and pitches it to him, and so just amazing play. But yeah, Leroy Butler is is and so like that's the like pinnacle of a guest that I could get if I could get a guest talk about his uh, his life and like how he came up. Like Leroy's the guy. Mike, how about you? Oh, Do you have a guy that yeah. Uh, so Reggie White is, uh, obviously, um, you know, number one, probably I love Charles when he was there. Yep. Uh, I, I loved, um, big Gilbert Brown as a kid, the great oh, digger. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. And, uh, most recently I was always kind of, you know, AJ Hawk, Clay Matthews, uh, type of guys, uh, as well. I did like, uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, you know, the couple of those guys too, outside of the the, the quarterbacks. Who's your guy right now? Man, my guy right now. It might be Van Ness because he's an Iowa guy. So, uh, oh, all right. All yeah, right. I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan. So I might be. Hopefully, uh, he can uh, do some big things for us. 
Man, other than that, I did like Rashawn Gary. I think he's that's my guy. Right, he now. was yeah. he was coming on strong. Telly Torres ACL. I, you mentioned the defense real quick, and uh, I'm I just think the DC is awful. I think he needs to go. Uh, we have talent. We keep drafting defensive every year, and uh, so the talent is there. I, I like Jair Alexander, but you know, like we need. Then they put. Um, then last year they tried to make. Um, what's the guy's name from? We got from Arizona, Razul Butler Douglas. or Razul Douglas. Yeah, uh, he. You know when they probably he's a better inside the guy number than he is on the outside, and they just it, it was just a mess. The DC I think is going to fail, and that's where our defense fails. I, I just don't trust him. Uh, I, I hope you're right on the on the wins, uh, but uh, yeah, right now I like Rashawn Gary. I think he could be the leader when. The offensive line, the offense, offensive line was atrocious last year. But I, at times, I felt like they forgot AJ Dillon was on the team. Like where he, you know, like he was on a milk carton. Uh, and then yeah. I saw uh, 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 the running back coach was like, "We need AJ Dillon more." Well, the, it's the damn coach's job to give him the ball. Like they just forgot he was on yeah. the roster. I felt like half the time. Uh, I, I felt like early in the season he did not run well, and then late in the season picked it up. Right? Yeah. And I feel the same way with Aaron. I think every week we came on and we're like, what's the problem with the Packers? They're not giving the ball to Aaron Jones enough. Yeah. Like, Aaron Jones. Well, the, a part of that's the offensive line was just atrocious last year. Yeah. But like, even with, with Aaron Jones, put him in the fucking slot. Yeah. I don't care what you do with him. Get that man the ball. He is great. Exactly. He could have been, I thought he was going to be a little bit more. I thought they were going to do a little bit more Jones out wide, Dylan in the back. That's what I thought too. I thought, yeah. thought last year and it just never came to fruition for whatever reason. We're going to find out a lot about this coaching staff this season. I think that it'll be, uh, it, it's, you know, I don't want to say shut up or put up for uh, Matt LaFleur, but we're, we're going to find out how good that coaching staff is without number 12 around. Uh, in that veteran leader and the guy who can do a lot of things that a lot of guys can't do. Uh, Mike, I told you 45 minutes, we're at 50 minutes. So uh, that's what happens when you uh, get on the show with Bodkin. So, uh, no, that's, that's cool. That's cool. No worries. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on. Where can uh, everybody catch your stuff and uh, get those plugs in? All right. So we're on all the, like, whatever you listen to your podcast on. I don't know. Apple is the one I always use, but, um, we're banging on the drum podcast. Um, I'm at MJ Doherty. Um, and then at banging underscore drum is the show. And so if you're, if you're looking to catch the podcast or listen to us talk about crazy shit on the Packers or the Bucks or the Badgers or the Brewers tune on in. Hey, we appreciate you joining us, Mike. This has been another great episode of the Bodkin show. I will be back tomorrow night, our brand new 8 o'clock Central, uh, the Let's Talk Sports Show premieres tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. You can catch it right here and on the LTS Network. Uh, Be a friend, tell a friend, like, subscribe, share, folks. I'm going to hit that outro. Thanks, Mike. Everybody, please check out Mike Doherty's, uh, all his stuff, banging out the drum. Everything else has been a pleasure, Mike. I appreciate you joining us. Top of the morning, everybody. Everybody else have a blessed Sunday. I'm going to hit that outro. We'll see you all tomorrow night for the brand new premiere of the Let's Talk Sports Show, baby.